Welcome to the Warrior Women Project podcast, helping you become a warrior woman, sort your shit and find better balance in your life. So today's guest, I am welcoming the lovely Emma. Emma, I met maybe just a bit, little bit less than 18 months ago in real life. Um, we followed social, each other on social media. I felt like I was stalking her and when I met her in real life, she was like, no, I've been stalking you. And I'm like, oh, that's all right. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> um, Emma, would you like to introduce yourself, tell the listeners a little bit more about who you are and what it is you do? Sure. What is what is it I do? What is it I do? I don't actually know what I do. Um, my name is Emma and I have a website called Miss Manifestation and I've never really fully decided whether I am a Miss Manifestation, that's what I call myself, or whether that's just, you know, the box that contains everything that I do. So when people hear manifestation, well, not everybody, but some people kind of instantly tune out and go, oh my God, woo-woo, spiritual nonsense, mumbo-jumbo and all that kind of thing. But my background is actually psychology. That's what I did my degree in. And I've always kind of tried to find a little bit of science behind what it is that I do, which is mainly self-development type stuff. So part of, you know, our relationship, Jen, was obviously you came along to one of my workshops. I was running vision board workshops for women. Yeah. And from that, that birthed the mismanifestation persona, if you like, where I wasn't just talking about vision boards. I was sharing all of my knowledge and love, um, love affair with self-development and really helping to inspire and motivate women to upgrade their life and to go after what it is that they most want. So I'd say that kind of encapsulates what I do or what I'm about but what that looks like on any given day can be totally different so I've, I've had a podcast where I chose um, influential or inspiring people that I thought had a message that could be shared with my own following yeah I have a, a website I still run workshops for women and yeah that's that's in a nutshell a little bit <laughs> Who I am and what I do. I've got my finger in a lot of pies, put it that way. Yeah. yeah it's one of the, the things that attracted me to your workshop when I first came along was it wasn't all woo-woo, law of attraction, put it out there. It was very much that there's a, there's evidence behind what it is that we're doing. We're not just sitting gluing bits of paper on a bit of cards. For yeah, yeah, and then hoping for the best. Yeah, I mean, I, I was training a woman the other day on how to run her own workshops, and she's very sort of law of attraction, which is fine, and a lot of women that came to my workshops would talk about The Secret, uh, yeah. which is a book and a film that kind of talks about the law of attraction and I've never read it I've never watched it it's it's not personally where I come from I'm not dead set against it I think that you know I like to have a foot in both camps and go well you know as much as much as I've tried to get to grips with the science behind things like vision boards and affirmations visualizations all that kind of stuff 
you know, I still can't properly explain why some things seem to work. You know, there does seem to be a little bit of a mystical element to things. And I like to think that the balance of both of those is, is perfectly acceptable. If it works, it works, right? Yeah. Let's not try and pull it all apart. But what I have said is that I, I don't want to come from this, like, you know, magical woo-woo, law of attraction, you know, all I have to do is is, you know, think what I want and poof, you know, the universe like just hands it to me on a plate. I'm very much about doing, very much about doing. In fact, you know, I don't think you can really bring things around, um, well, unless you're prepared to do some of the work. And I think a lot of people are attracted to the law of attraction, as weird as that sounds, because they think, well, I'm going to just be getting this stuff and all I have to do is kind of, you know, write it down 55 times or whatever and and it'll come. But, you know, the truth is that you have to be prepared to sacrifice um, your level of comfort to be able to get what it is that you most want. Yeah. That's why I think. So the theme of these um, interviews at the moment is about change. So see if somebody, would you advise somebody if they were stuck not knowing what it was that they wanted to change to maybe try and do a vision board to see if something came out to help give them direction? Would you think yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I failed to mention that through my vision board work, I was witnessing this process taking place at the workshops that I didn't fully comprehend and wasn't able to find any information online other than law of attraction and a limited amount of psychology. And I actually went back to Glasgow Uni and studied art psychotherapy. And that just blew open absolutely everything. It explained so much about what was happening. And the reason that I'm mentioning that is that what, what art therapy's main principle is, is that Using art, you're able to convey something internal that you can't maybe articulate, that you can't verbalize because you don't have maybe the words for it. Mm -hmm. So create, I mean, it doesn't have to just be a vision board, creating any kind of artistic thing, whether you're painting a picture or, you know, using clay or doing a vision board or whatever, it accesses something inside you that you maybe A, weren't aware of, or B, able to verbalize or articulate in any other way. So that's the reason why this work is so powerful is that you and I can have a conversation and I can say, right, Jen, you know, give me 10 things that you want for 2018. And you could kind of, you know, of course you could come up with a list, right? But if I was to ask you to do the same thing, but use a vision board, You would be surprised at some things that would come out on that page that you maybe didn't even know you wanted until you saw a word or an image that spoke to you on a kind of, and this does sound woo-woo, but a deeper soul level that it accesses something that you're like, shit, I, yeah, I want that. I want that word. I want that feeling. I want that image because to me, it means this, right? So you know, 10 people could look at an image of a woman standing on a beach and it would symbolize or represent something completely different to every single person, right? And that's the beauty of the vision board work is that you're accessing your meaning through images. And it's, yeah, it's really powerful stuff. Yeah, because I know I did two, I did three 
three boards with you, but I think over two different workshops. And I remember looking at them at the time and being really focused on all the stuff that was driving me forward. But then when I got sick at the beginning of last year and I looked at my vision boards again, there was like taking time off, rest time, um, balancing my nutrition. There was loads of little subliminal messages in there that I had missed because it was always, I had been looking at it from a point of where do I want to get to? driving yeah. forward rather than what is it that I actually need. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's the other beauty about doing a vision board is that, you know, it taps into wherever you're at at this particular moment in time. So, you know, it, it's fine to put together a board and go, oh, well, this is what I want for this year um, <clears throat> and come from that place. But you could make a different board today compared to the one that you'll make next week or yeah. next month or next year. You know, it really is an in-the-moment process. And that's why I did try to say to women that came to the workshops, you know, have an agenda, that's fine. Like, you know, you want to yeah. do a board on your business or your health or whatever, fine. But nine times out of 10, that would just go out of the window because when they allowed themselves to get into that creative flow, you know, like I said, something else was coming out that was telling them about where they were in this particular point in their life. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Because another interesting thing as well is our, like within society, we've kind of lost that creative, being able to tap into our creative side because everything's driven by social media and everything's driven by a masculine energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we've really lost like that creative flow yeah absolutely yeah, yeah I mean I, I've read a lot of self-development books a lot <laughs> <laughs> so I could remortgage my house on the amount of, I've spent on it but um, most of them are written by men and which is fine you know there's a lot of uh, yeah like you said it's masculine energy it's go out and get kick ass you know all this kind of thing which is great but I've yet to read any that really invite us to tap into our creative side and you're right I mean it's, it's being dropped from school curriculums it's just not seen as important anymore and as women especially I feel like we have this need to create that's what we do when you know that's that's our whole purpose here I suppose um, and yeah just to allow ourselves and give ourselves permission to just you know cut things out and stick them down and and make something that is uniquely ours and and is yeah I think it's a it's a beautiful invitation that not many people are willing to take up because we're all too busy now and too focused and too distracted even with the social media thing that yeah um I I never considered myself an artistic person I still don't yeah but the beauty about the vision boards and collage in general is that you don't have to be. You don't have yeah. to be artistic. All you need to be able to do is work some scissors and some glue. And you'd be surprised at what you're able to create. Uh, you know, it, it might not win any awards. But, <laughs> you know, it's like I said, it's, it's you. It's uniquely yours. And that's, that's a beautiful thing. To give ourselves permission to just do that. Yeah. Because we don't take the time to do stuff like that anymore yeah just allowing yourself that time to switch switch the constant right the right side of the brain that we're working on from our masculine yeah 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 Yeah, definitely what would would you say is the biggest change that you've encountered in the last maybe year and did it come out in a vision board Mm, that's a great question I haven't actually done a vision board for a while now 
mostly for practical reasons for your listeners who obviously don't know, I moved to Spain about four months ago. So, and that was really interesting how that came about. It, It had always been on the radar, but it was never certainly, you know, happening, if you like. And we're talking last year. So we moved to Spain at the end of September last year. And in the, on the, in fact, it was the January the 1st, I did a vision board with my husband. Now that was a first. We had never done that before. I had always been making vision boards by myself. He'd made a couple by himself, but we decided we were going to do a joint one. Yeah. Which was fun <laughs> because I was taking control of where everything was going because that just <laughs> a larger, you know, thing in our relationship as well as I'm this control freak. But uh, we made this joint vision board and on it I had cut out quite a few pictures of families abroad on the beach, you know, in the sun, um, different things about take the tribe and pictures of, you know, exotic landscapes and all this kind of thing. But at that point we hadn't made any decision to move to Spain. Has it been on the cards? Has it been in a conversation? No, not at all. Well, yeah, we talked about it before, but there was nothing, you know, set in stone. There was nothing happening. And really, it was probably April time that, yeah, the impetus was just there. And and we talked about it and we just thought, fuck it, let's just do it. And and so, you know, from April onwards, we started our planning. And then, yeah, by September, we were gone. But when I put those things on the vision board, it had never been in my head like, yeah, that's because we're moving to Spain and we're going this year and we're going to do it. It had just been like, yeah, wouldn't this be great? Like if we yeah. you know, were around these sunny climbs. Um, so, yeah, I'd say that that's probably the biggest change that's happened for me in the last year, literally, because it was January the 1st that we did it. Yeah. And, you know, we, we sold everything. We let go of our cars, our rental agreements, everything just went and we moved to Spain. How does that feel when you let go um, of all that stuff? Well, I'm I'm a bit of a minimalist at heart. Ever since I discovered minimalism in 2011, I always knew that I didn't like a lot of stuff, but I didn't know it had a name until then. I have been constantly clearing out, you know, I... I just don't like to own too much stuff. It makes me feel anxious. I feel maybe tied down and like, you know, I've got obligations and responsibilities. Uh, So I've always been on this quest to let go anyway. So for me, you know, selling all of our stuff was fine. I had a couple of wobbles, but you'd expect that, you know, we were about to move our our entire family abroad. Um, But yeah, it felt good. It felt like an adventure I felt excited and yeah I'd say we had three wobbles in total where we were lying in bed at night going are we doing the right thing you know we've got all of our friends and family here this you know is this is crazy this is absolutely (laughs) crazy who does this you know you hear stories of people that do it and it all sounds you know fun and exciting but you never think well actually I'm going to be one of those people that just decides to bite the bullet and, and move abroad so yeah it's it's been an adventure we've learned a lot but the overriding feeling really was of joy and this is going to be great you yeah. know was there any relevance to you doing that having that discussion and doing that board on the 1st of January or was that just a coincidence that that was the day that it happened because you know 
loads of people think New Year, New Resolutions, blah, blah, blah. Was, is that something you believe in or was that just purely coincidence? Yeah, no, it wasn't a coincidence. I do, I know a lot of people kind of hum and haw over the New Year's resolutions thing. And I do too, but I like it. I It does feel like a fresh start, a blank page. You know, I know it's only just an arbitrary date change, but if you can use anything you can to, to get power behind stuff, you should. And the difference as well for me, I feel, is that you know, I talked to one of my friends recently about New Year's resolutions and I was asking her, do you have any New Year's resolutions? And she was like, no, no, I don't believe in all that shite. And, you know, I, I set them and then I never keep them. And so what's the point? Yeah. Whereas I set them and I do keep them, you know, like I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> I want the thing. So I, and I don't, I'm not coming from like a really egotistical, like I always do my resolutions. Of course, I, I fuck up just like everybody else does. But I get excited about my resolutions and I want to achieve them. And I never have that kind of like, oh, well, I set that resolution and I failed. So what's the point in resolutions? You know, it's, I suppose it depends on what your perception of resolutions is and what your experience of setting them and how you set them. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody's different. But yeah, I, I get excited about the new year. I like to review the previous year and I like to think about what's coming. But this year, <clears throat> we didn't make a vision board. I mean, obviously, we're in Spain and magazines are like gold dust here, I'm yeah. finding. <laughs> um, so what we actually did this year, my husband and I, was we wrote down 20 goals each. Yeah. And we, we made like, we made a big deal of it. We went out for dinner, we wrote down the goals, we shared them with each other, talked about them. And then after dinner, we went and we went to this lovely restaurant and ordered two glasses of champagne to celebrate, you know, like it being this time next year and all those goals having happened. So, you know, like we really fucking go to town with it. (laughs) Maybe it sounds dead sad to some people, but yeah, I like to make I like to make these things. I was going to say sacred. I don't suppose two glasses of champagne would be considered sacred, but you know, like have a bit of fun with it and yeah. and don't take it so seriously and and especially if you're coming at the point of, you know, resolutions are this thing to be not necessarily feared, but that you know, if they've got a really negative connotation for you, then don't do them because they're not going to happen. But for me, they've got a really positive connotation and I like them. Yeah. What about you, Jane? What are your New Year's resolutions? Um, Well, I didn't really make any New Year's resolutions because our birthdays are like, I think, one day apart. You're the 27th. Right. Yeah. 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 we turned 40 a day apart from each other and you had posted something about it's 454 days until you were turning 40 and I was like oh shit I turned one day less than that <laughs> <laughs> so Monday coming it'll be 400 days till I'm 40 right, so I have yeah. compiled a um, bucket list of things that I want to achieve before okay. I turn 40 so awesome. on, on Monday the 22nd of January I'll have a um, I've got an email and a blog post and stuff like that set up so that it's going out so that I don't forget um, that's got my list of things on there so I've got things like clear credit card debt drive a Lamborghini um, stay overnight in a castle climb yeah. Ben Nevis, get off my mm-hmm. own meds you know there's yeah. things like that and I've, one of my blog, I've 
done one that's just as a list and then one that goes out it gives more information about why it is that I want to achieve each of those oh, things that's so that brilliant. Yeah. it's holding me accountable but yeah. also so that I know why it is that I want it because people say it'll set goals but you need to know your why it is so so important that you do you know are absolutely why. right yeah that is a big piece of the puzzle that's missing and I say that I mean my when I wrote down my goals with my husband we had the conversation afterwards that we were talking about the whys the wherefores and all this kind of thing not necessarily the hows because I think if you start thinking about the hows you get too overwhelmed yeah, yeah appreciate <laughs> but yeah just I mean, and this was another thing going back to the vision board workshops. At the beginning when I started doing workshops, I didn't necessarily do this. But towards the end, I started introducing a share where I invited women to talk through their vision board, to talk through the images and the words, what it meant to them. And, you know, to tell a story, I suppose, to tell their story about the board. And it's going back to the same thing about the why it's so important. When you're able to... Um, verbalize and articulate why this thing is important to you and make sense of it, I think it takes on a new power that makes it more likely to happen rather than just be this arbitrary goal that's kind of like, yeah, I mean, Danielle Laporte talks about the feeling behind the goal. So not necessarily the why, although I suppose, you know, there's the feeling that you want to capture behind that and then why you want that feeling and if it's possible to get that feeling out there. But yeah, that's like the sort of, you know, the behind the goal that a lot of people don't really think about. But that can give you so much momentum to actually make it happen when you understand why this is so important to you yeah. and what it will ultimately bring to you, you believe. Yeah, yeah. because yeah, I think if it's something that you think that you should do, mm. yeah, I, that makes life so much harder because yeah. you're not doing it for you. And you're yep. not doing it for a place of love for you. Yeah. And yep. it make, makes it really, really challenging. So yep. what, when you're working towards something that you're changing, so like when you were planning your move from Spain or any other changes that you've made in your life, what is that what your focus is, is just to keep you driving forward is this is the reason that I'm doing this? Yeah. Uh, I'm very results driven. I... I'm very impatient for the result as well. I want, it's like, you know, when you were talking through your bucket list there and you said, I want to drive a Lamborghini, yeah. you know, I might hone in on that and go, right, I'm going to make that happen next week. And then mm-hmm. that's ticked. You know, I'm, I'm very, there's people who write to do lists just because they want to tick off the thing, right? That they've done yeah. the thing. Like, that's oh, yeah, I sometimes add list. some stuff to the bottom of yeah. list that I've already so done just so I can see the ticks. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I am that person as well. I want to have the ticks, you know, I want to feel like I've yeah, I've done that now on to the next thing. So that can be a big drive for me. But yeah, I really am focused on the results. I don't think about, you know, the sort of necessarily the bigger picture of, of everything it's gonna to take to get there because like I said, if you start focusing too much on the how you get overwhelmed. It turns you off, right? Yeah. You have, for me personally, I'm just always focused on, so for say the move to Spain, that took months of obviously organizing all kinds of logistics and paperwork and BS. But you know, if I sat and thought about all that, or if I even knew 
everything that was involved and the, the struggles that we would encounter, it might have switched me off. It might have dampened the fire, if you yeah. like. So all I kept focused on was, you know, 1st of October, we're in Spain, you know, we're in this house, we're going down the beach or whatever. And that's what kept me going is just focusing on the end result. And, you know, that, that applies to anything. If you're trying to lose weight, I don't suppose that you want to, to sit and think about, you know, the meal planning and, and all that kind of yeah. boring stuff. You just want to imagine yourself in your size, you know, 12 bikini or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and just use that as the impetus. And that's why, you know, vision boards work because you've got that on your wall as a permanent reminder. Now that said, I did post on my Instagram a couple of days ago where I'm talking about visualization and I've said, you know, don't just visualize the result, visualize the work. And this goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning, that you have to recognize that for you to get from where you are now to where you want to be is going to take a change in, you know, who you are and what you're capable of. And that can be uncomfortable and that requires work. So when you're sitting there visualizing, yeah, you know, your end result, that you visualize you actually taking the action too. Yeah. So I know that sounds like I've kind of contradicted myself. What I'm saying is don't get yourself overwhelmed with how much it's going to take to get there, but equally recognize that there's going to be work on your part and visualize yourself happily doing that work, right? You know, yeah. see yourself like happily getting up early to go for a jog, if you like, or happily sitting at your computer to work on your business or, yeah. you know, it, it just yeah it's balance it's absolutely balance yeah how what if if you could go back and give your younger self some advice what would it be <laughs> um, I think the best advice that I could give myself would be to acknowledge just how much I'm capable of I don't know if it's something that's come with age I've certainly got a lot more confidence now than I had in my 20s you know and I'm obviously approaching my 40s now and I like to think that that confidence or what I believe from reading you know Dr. Christian Northrup do you know her she's all about kind of like you know stepping into your goddess power after mm -hmm. menopause even so you yeah. know like in the 60s and 70s and you become this you know, kick-ass woman who's capable of anything because she's stopped giving so many shits. Yeah. And, you know, I am all about giving less fucks and just <laughs> doing this stuff. I think in my 20s, <clears throat> I really cared a lot about what other people thought. Yeah. And that seems to be something that is dying, thankfully, you know, within limits, obviously we need to have some respect for boundaries, etc. But yeah. caring less about what people will think of me is a work in progress and something that I have played around with for the last couple of years, especially, you know, when you have an online business and then you have a social media presence or whatever. I would think twice about sharing some stuff on my personal Facebook page because I'd be thinking about what that guy I went to school with, who I never talked to at school, what he <laughs> would be thinking if yeah. he saw that Facebook post. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. and that's the kind of, um, that's another reason to hate social media, but, but that's the kind of thing that would really grip me as a younger 
person obviously you know social media wasn't as big then yeah but you know just constantly kind of running people through your head and going what will they think what will they say my advice to my younger self would be to just can that and get on with it anyway because you know then uh, people will judge you of course yeah. they will we're judging machines that's what we do that's the reason why social media works because you judge something you like it you judge something you comment on it or you know you, whatever um but not letting that take a hold of you and not letting that dictate your behavior just because you're worried what someone will think they'll think what they want to think just yeah. Don't let that be any of your business. And basically. you have no control over that. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, the only control you've got is by just not sharing who you are. And that's just not helping anybody. And that's not benefiting anybody. You know, when I get an email from somebody that says, you know, oh, thanks very much for sharing those words or that video or whatever, because that really helped me to X, Y, and Z. If I had let the fear hold me back of what other people were thinking, I wouldn't have been able to necessarily help that person in that moment. Right. Yeah. You know, so that's a travesty, um, in my opinion. And, and that's something that I would, yeah. I mean, when I say I've played around with it, it has been a systematic pushing of my comfort zone in terms of sharing things online I think that's yeah. a really good training tool for you if you yeah. worry about what people think it's just pushing it a little bit further a little bit further a little bit further and you know what you find is that actually most people don't give a shit they really don't <laughs> <laughs> it's just what's going on in your head yeah you're projecting onto them they'll think this they'll say that well that's your stuff not theirs okay yeah. I mean and maybe they will right you know if you've got the kind of mother that I do she doesn't hold back telling you what she thinks and so you know there's an element of truth there but a lot of the time we are just making stories up in our head yeah and then when people react to something it's their stories in their head that are making them react in the way that they react exactly it's not exactly. about yeah. you <laughs> it's yeah. about them and the exactly. emotional response that has triggered in them from reading whatever it is they've read or yes heard or absolutely yeah. absolutely um, my ex-husband was very much like that. I, I, well, I didn't coin the term. I know of the term. It's called spotlight syndrome. Mm -hmm. It's where you believe there's a big giant spotlight on you and that everybody's watching absolutely everything you do and yeah. say and, and they care. They really care. So, you know, he, he would, around the time that I was playing with like, you know, giving less bucks, he would be taking it very personally and being like, you know, you can't say that, you can't do that or whatever. And, and that was because of his own, you know, fear, I suppose, or, you know, fear of being associated with me. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, you know, the spotlight syndrome is, is huge. And social media is going to play a part in that as well, because, you know, people can just like click on your page and get this insight into your life. But really, yeah. there isn't a giant spotlight on you. Even if somebody was momentarily shocked by something that you said or did, by three o'clock today, they've forgotten about it. So, yeah. you know, don't sweat the small stuff. There are much bigger things to worry about in this world than what other yeah. people think of you. Yeah, but that spotlight thing, I've, I've sort of said that to women who, who think that in my workshops. And I'm like, right, do you think those things about somebody else in a room and they were like well no and I said so what makes you more important 
Mm-hmm. Why do you think yeah. the whole world's revolving around you? Because your yeah. whole world's not revolving around everyone else. Exactly. But your, your world revolves around you. That's the same yeah. for the person sitting next to you and for yeah. the person across the room. But yeah. everybody's consumed by themselves. Absolutely. It, I mean, it's it's a natural thing, I suppose, yeah. because we are human. But Byron Katie talks about it as well. Um, I don't know if you've read her her book. What's it called? Love, Loving What Is. Yes. It's yes. absolutely transformative and what she said is if you're busy thinking about what he's thinking and doing right so you're kind of looking after him by thinking and worrying about his thought who's looking after you like you've got to just be like whatever he thinks is his business and I'm going to just attend to my own business by thinking about my stuff you know rather than projecting into everybody else's thoughts and, and judgments and all this kind of thing just you know be present in your own body and not worry about everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I mean, she words it a lot better than that. Read the book. <laughs> I, I have the book and I've got lots of things underlined. Because she's yeah. always, she's all, in that book, she's always asking that question, is it really true? Yes. And it's yes. always, is that really true? And yes. paring it back and paring it back until you get to the truth of what it is. And it's actually yeah. you thinking that about yourself rather than yes. you thinking that that person thinks that about you. Yeah. Yeah. For anybody that hasn't read that book, so it's Byron Katie, Loving What Is, yeah. it will change your life because anything that comes up for you, any situation that makes you feel anything other than good um, can be transformed just by asking four questions. Yeah. Um, and I can't yeah. remember what the other three questions are, but I know that that's yeah, one of the them. First, <laughs> <laughs> the first question is, is it true? Yeah. And the second question is, can you really know it's true? Yeah. Uh, which is slightly different from the first one. The third one is, who would you be without the thought, whatever yeah. the thought is? And then the fourth one is the, the invitation to turn, turn it around. So you take the sentence of whatever it was that was upsetting you yeah. and you flip it to its reverse and see if you can find truth in that. It's really the most simple but profound process for yeah. getting yourself out of any negative situation. And um, because the reality is that a lot of the time, whatever it is that you're telling yourself isn't actually true anyway, you yeah. know? So yeah. yeah, definitely, definitely post a link to that book because yeah. it's so good. It's a good one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, when you were going through that fuck it phase, the early early stages of it was there something specific or a like event or a time that kind of triggered that to happen um i don't I'm, well I'm, I'm something's come into my head so i must be supposed to share it I, i'm not actually 100 <laughs> percent sure why i'm trying to tap into this more now is like when something comes to me just go with it because it's yeah. like it's you know come from a deeper place but I had bought this uh, necklace. It was one of these beautiful, it was a silver necklace. You know, you get them with your name on them and sort yes. of like fancy writing or whatever. And yeah. I had bought this one. And I won't say the word because it's offensive to a lot of people, but it's the Oh, C I know word. the word. <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's the C word. And I bought it. I mean, I suppose, yeah, this was kind of like my fuck it sort of stage. And um, I... I was wearing it. This was New Year's uh, Eve 2011, I believe. 
2000, yeah, whatever. Um, and it was actually my friend's ex-boyfriend. And I don't know what the conversation was, but he was like, you know, yeah, because you're, you're an attention seeker. I was like, what am I? I didn't think I was an attention seeker. And he's like, look at your necklace. Of course you're an attention seeker. And it was like this profound realization for me. I was like, oh my God, I actually am. Because who else would walk around wearing a necklace like that? But it was funny because it, it felt almost like permission for me. Like I felt like I'd been given permission to be, you know, and say and do the things that I wanted to because I was like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, I am an attention for that. This is just... No, I am an attention seeker. This is who I am. And yeah. I felt like at that moment, not I had got permission from him, but I had got permission through him to really step into being the type of person that would wear a necklace like that and not apologize for it and not feel bad about it. So yeah, I mean, I don't know why that just flashed into my mind, but it feels like that really was a kind of, because it felt like an aha moment. I was like, yeah right. Oh my God, I am, you know, and sometimes it takes other people to mirror back to you an aspect of yourself that you maybe just hadn't fully realized, you know, exists or that you hadn't claimed for yourself or that you weren't willing to step into until that moment. So yeah, um, that feels like that was a defining moment for me, but really just Again, I've got tattooed on my arm. Um, it's a, a Latin phrase. It's memento mori, yeah. which means remember death. And I know when I say that to people, they're like, bloody hell, <laughs> who would get that tattooed <laughs> onto themselves? But for me, it's, it's not just, you know, remember you're going to die. It's like, remember to live. Yeah. You know, you've got one shot here. Are you really going to waste the time that you've got? Or are you going to remember that, at any given moment, this could be your last, you know, minute. How are you going to use that to propel your life forward and actually do and, and say and be the things that you want to yeah. do? Be and say? So, yeah, uh, uh, that has certainly helped with the, the zero fucks attitude is just like, I could be dead tomorrow and you could be dead tomorrow and nobody's really going to give a shit anyway. So let's just do it. You know, what's the worst <laughs> that could happen? <laughs> yeah, because that's like, I mean, the Bud- Buddhism and Eckhart Tolle, they're all very much, you could die today, so be in the present yeah. moment, be in the now, yeah. stop overthinking the future, stop overthinking the past, like, yeah. let yeah. go kind of thing. Yeah, there is actually also another book called Fuck It. Um, I can't remember what the subheading is. Something uh, it, I don't know, it sounds is, like there the, is quite a few books now that are coming out with the uh, yeah yeah not giving yeah. a fuck and fuck yeah it and yeah this one that I'm thinking of is it's got black, black cover yes, yes. fuck it. it and and that's a really yeah if you're just getting started with the fuck it way then that's probably that's the a good one, one to do yeah. but I I do really feel that a life that is lived from the philosophy of fuck it is you know generally quite an adventurous one because yeah you're you're willing to step into life rather than be afraid of it yeah and I don't know many people that have one of as one of my friends says pressed the fuck it button and completely regretted like or even remotely regretted what they've done exactly because it has even if some things have been a little bit dodgy they've still got something better within themselves 
Yep. They Absolutely. Come out a better person for it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I said this yesterday as well on a, an Instagram post, I think that, you know, there's, there's no bad decisions. There's just maybe undesired outcomes, but you know, still continue to make the decisions and do the thing. Of course, challenges are going to arise, but that's actually where, you know, the growth is and the learning is and the experiences is that, you know, who would want to live a life where they constantly make decisions, nothing goes wrong and all just, you know, perfect. And I know probably some people are putting their hands up and going, me, I would, I'd love to do that. <laughs> but, you know, it would get hell of a boring after a while, yeah. right? Um, yeah, I, I don't have any regrets. I mean, well, let's see, from a minimalism point of view, there's definitely clothes that I've thrown out, you know, or got rid of or given to charity or whatever, where like a year later, I'm like, oh, I wish I hadn't thrown out that. <laughs> That's the level of regrets I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, there's nothing that I've gone, oh, I really shouldn't have done that. This was the worst decision ever. You know, because, yeah, it's all, it's all learning. It's all growth. And you take that into your next, you know, experience or situation. And, and you can apply that knowledge going forward, even if it's not the exact same situation. It, it still, you know, can be translated. And so what's, what, what are you actually losing by just fucking yeah pressing the fuck it button I like that I like it I like that so just to go back on something that you had said about um, when somebody mirrors something back to you I find that people mirror back stuff back to us all the time like when mm. when they trigger quite a strong emotional response response so whether it's you see somebody and you love what they're doing or you see somebody and you hate what you're doing it's because that's mirroring back your mm. own behaviors Mm, yeah and when you become more aware of that it helps you understand a little bit more of who you are so when you go oh I really love that person because they are this and this and this and it's like well Mm. that's who you are as well likewise if it's I hate when that person does that and it's like oh yeah I do that (laughs) yeah absolutely oh absolutely and I, I don't suppose any of us really want to readily admit that the the darkness that we see in other people we're more than capable of but again that's why you know, I have such a, a love affair with self-development in general is because it's helped me to become really self-aware. And even if I don't like it or I don't necessarily agree with it, I know the fundamental truth is that whatever I see in that person is in me or, you know, has been in me. And that's why I don't like it. You know, I yeah. mean, that's deep sort of psychoanalytical stuff. But, you know, the other thing as well, with seeing people and seeing things that I think is worth noting is again going back to the social media and I know we could talk all day about that but you know if you go onto somebody's Instagram or Facebook again that's what's happening right you're seeing this lovely polished picture you know and I put my hands up and say like whatever picture I put on Instagram please know that there are 25 ones very similar to that that didn't make the cut because I didn't deem them good enough, right? You know, I'm like, oh, I'm too this, I'm too that, whatever, right? That's the same with every other fucker, right? We're all taking these million pictures to get the right one and then making sure that it's as polished and beautiful as possible. And, and, you know, it's not reality. You know, I could post a nice picture and then two minutes later, I'm losing my shit with my children, right? But am I going back onto Instagram and going, I've just lost my shit with my children? No, of course I'm not, right? None yeah. of that is real. And I know that when people are looking at it, because I, I do this myself, 
they're projecting onto that situ situation or person going, that person's got it all, you know, they've got this, they've got that, I want that, and now I feel bad about myself. And, and catching that process in your brain and going, actually, that's, I'm going to park that with yeah. bullshit pile because that's not true. That takes practice, but hopefully people are getting better at recognizing that what they see online is not true and, and not comparing themselves to that and then feeling bad about it. And also recognizing that where that person is right now, you know, they started exactly where you are, right? Yeah. With no followers or no money or no, you know, like perfect body or whatever the fuck it is that you, you know, admire about them. And that you can't compare yourself to where they are now because they've had to go through that journey just as you have to go through yours. And if you start feeling bad about the fact that you're not on their journey, well, that's just fucked up, right? Yeah. So, yeah, um, mirroring back, it, it is, it's eye-opening because then you can say, well, what is it that I believe about that person? Why do I believe that? You know, is that true? Uh, you yeah. know, back to yeah. Byron Katie, is it true? You know, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting we're talking about social media. I follow a wide variety of fitness professionals and yoga people and health people and stuff. When I was in bed not well last year, I was looking at these people who I normally look at and go, oh, that stuff's cool, that stuff's cool. I was finding, I was looking at it and feeling horrendous because mm -hmm. I was stuck in my bed. And mm -hmm. somebody who one week inspires you and the next week doesn't, but as soon as you start to feel that negative feeling inside, you have to unfollow them. And then maybe in six months you want to follow them back or even three weeks you might want to follow them back. But as soon as it yeah. triggers a negative response, you need to come away from it and not get yeah. caught up in that yeah. horrendous, horrendous feeling because it is horrible. Yeah, which is hard because, you know, let's face it, we're all addicted to social media, right? Because yeah. it's designed to be addictive. Yeah. It's designed to make you want to pick up your phone 150 times a day and have a look at it. So, yeah, I disable well I don't disable them because I don't know how the fuck you do that but I don't look <laughs> at my I don't look at my news feed and I don't go through my Instagram like I'll maybe have a look at the top three pictures on on the you know the home page or whatever I only go into it to post my own stuff and respond to comments and I find that a really healthy relationship with social media because yeah. otherwise yeah I do end up you know either comparing myself feeling shit or getting embroiled in in you know stuff that's taken me away from things that matter so that that's my advice for social media and switch off your notifications as well because oh. it's too, yeah. too damn um addictive yeah i did that with my emails because i used to as soon as an email came in i would check it and all it was something that i needed to delete and i now check my emails twice a day because i switched off yeah. notifications from it and i'm like oh, that's so freeing <laughs> yeah it really is and i think more and more people that's going to become like you know a thing you're going to get online courses about how to actually switch off <laughs> how to deactivate your notifications yeah yeah you know I'm noticing Tim Ferriss who I absolutely love and admire he just did a podcast in the last couple of weeks which was about how to overcome um the overwhelm of social media and information and all that kind of stuff so you know yeah. if, if he's putting that out there and his reach is massive then yeah this is this is a thing for a lot of people just yeah. to get away from that mm -hmm. yeah definitely um sorry my dad's just trying to phone me just now this three <laughs> times and I'm like I told okay. you that I need, you need to text me so I'm just replying saying I'm on a call doing an interview <laughs> <laughs>
This is real life. This, real is, life. this is real life, and there is a plumber coming at 10 a.m., and that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Stop yeah. phoning me, Dad. <laughs> oh, um, my God. Phones <laughs> are the bane of our lives. They are. They are. But if the whole internet world collapsed, oh, I know. It would, we wouldn't just reset, like, because obviously we are at that age where we remember a life before mobile phones and internet. Yeah. But I was talking about this the other day with my mum and dad. Like, if the internet got shut down, we wouldn't just go back to where we were just the early 90s. We would go mm. way, 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 like, it would go back yeah. to the Stone Age, practically. Yeah. Because <laughs> there, there, are, there are people in this world that do not know what it's like to live without these yeah. things that I know. wouldn't I know, have a clue yeah. what to do. Yeah, <laughs> I, know. I know. Millennials, yeah, it's... Uh, I, I do fantasize about it sometimes because I just think that it would be, you know, like you said, so liberating. And I think our brains aren't capable of, of dealing with the amount of information that we have now. You know, at any possible moment, you can find the answer to anything you want. And whilst that's incredible, it's also, yeah, it's also overwhelming. And I think going back to, you know, the vision board workshops or goal setting in general, Goal setting 25 years ago and goal setting today, I think are a lot different because, you know, now we have so much to distract us, entertain us, you know, overwhelm us that it's like you're facing an uphill struggle to get just normal shit done, you know, never mind the stuff on top of just day-to-day living. And, and so that takes a level of discipline uh, for sure. And yeah, tenacity to just go, right, okay, even though I'm facing like, you know, all this overwhelm, I'm still going to go after these things. But yeah, I I think recognize that you're living in a different day and age where give yourself a break. You've got a lot to contend with. Yeah. Um, And our brains haven't evolved quick enough. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. At the speed that everything else has evolved. Yeah. Yeah. uh, We're all going to be, yeah. ADD, I think. <laughs> so used to being constantly ping, distracted. Yeah, it's um, it's hard. Yeah, yeah. And I know I definitely always felt a bit wired. Mm. It's like yeah. I'm taking a gram of speed to notice my phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. Like I, I know a lot of people say that, you know, don't check your phone until you've done everything that you need to do for the day or, you know, you've done your self-care routine or whatever your morning ritual is. And, and I absolutely believe it because the days where, you know, the phone is the first thing that I've picked up and looked at. Yeah, it feels as if it's taken some of my energy yeah. and I'm not then able to go full throttle into the things that I wanted to do in the morning because, yeah, I feel like... Yeah, I suppose uh, this is a terrible analogy, but like maybe how a man feels after, you know, sex where he's just a little bit kind of like, oh, you know, a bit flat and deflated, (laughs) ready to fall asleep. That's sometimes how I feel after I've, you know, checked my emails and my social media before I've started the day. It's it's zapped me. It's absolutely zapped me. And then it's hard to go, right, I'll just quickly check that, put it down, and then I'll start my morning routine because it just knocks yes. everything off sync. It's like, no, I need yes. to do the morning routine first. Yes. And then... Yes. Exactly. Absolutely. Morning routine before any distractions. That's that's my advice as well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I'm going to just ask you two more questions. Okay. 
Um, what three pieces of advice would you give to anybody who's thinking or wanting to make a change but is totally stuck in that point of fear? Um, <laughs> I've just looked down to see an ant. Um, I mean, obviously there's a lot of ants in, in Spain, but whenever I see one, I'm always reminded of just, again, yeah, tenacity, because ants just do not let anything can overcome them. Yep. So yeah, obviously I was meant to share that there. Um, <laughs> yeah, the first thing that I would say is that everyone's afraid, right? We've, we've already talked about that everybody is more or less winging it, you yep. know, and is scared of... Well, there, I mean, there's lots of different things, right? You could be scared of what people will think of you. You could be scared of what might happen if you get what you want. You could be scared of hard work. You could be scared of anything. But yeah, the first thing would be recognize everybody is afraid. Everybody is shitting themselves, right? But don't let that be a reason to stop you. Um, the second thing is to try and figure out what it is that you're actually afraid of. So again, this comes back to what we were talking about earlier about how you might feel fear, but you might not be able to articulate exactly, you know, what that is or what that's about. So that's where getting it on a page in front of you is really important. Now, I wouldn't recommend a vision board for that, although, I mean, you could go down that route if you wanted to, but that certainly, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Definitely <laughs> writing it down would be the the main thing because yeah. once you see that on the page, that's when it's, you know, it's tangible, if you like. Whereas having it swimming around your bloodstream, you know, in the form of like, you know, adrenaline or confusion or whatever it might be, is very hard to grasp. And when you can't take hold of something, you can't necessarily deal with it. So yeah, absolutely. Write it down on the page, you know, go to town. I'm scared that, and, and this is another thing, definitely check out Tim Ferriss uh, fear exercise. Cause I know he did a Ted talk on this and he did a podcast very recently, uh, maybe his tribe of mentors podcast where he talks through this process because, you know, again, like okay, Tim Ferriss, one of the most successful guys that, you know, going around at the moment, he's very yep. popular. Yep. And he's talking about how he overcomes fear. So that goes back to my first point, right? Yep, everyone's everyone's got it, yeah. But uh, yeah, his, his exercise is along the lines of writing it down, like what's the worst that could happen? And if that happens, what's the worst that could happen then? Until yep. he gets right down to the root of, you know, the worst that could happen. Actually, you know, I'm homeless on the street or, or I'm dead or something. Yep. Like, right, okay, now I know what the worst that can happen is. Let's move on. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and just, um, yeah, once you've got that in front of you and you know where the fear comes from, then you're in a position to be able to deal with it. So, yeah, that would, that would be my advice. Get it out, get it down on the page. What's the worst that can happen? Right, okay, I've acknowledged that. I've allowed it. Now it's time to, you know, just act anyway because, yeah. like we've talked about as well, if you just systematically push yourself ever so gently outside your comfort zone more and more and more you'll see that actually the thing that you were afraid of doesn't really exist yeah yeah very valid very valid mm -hmm. points this has been such a good podcast hasn't it yeah it's been totally <laughs> a bit random and totally yeah. good yeah, yeah. This been a, like a good conversation there oh yeah definitely definitely right so my very last question is i see you as a warrior woman that's when i look at you i think yeah Emma encapsulates 
to me what Warrior Woman is. What does that mean to you? Um, I knew that you were going to ask me this question, obviously, as you mentioned it to me. And I yeah. wanted to tell you this, but now that the sun is absolutely streaming in the, the living room, I'm not sure if you're going to be able to see it, but I'm going to try and show it to you anyway. Okay. You're turning the screen oh, Can you see my phone right there? There's an image. Oh, it's just gone black, but yeah, oh. I, did, I did briefly there's, see it. <laughs> there's an image of yeah. a woman there. Yeah. Now, that, that is my avatar. And she is the pictorial representation of how, not how I see myself, but how I'd like to see myself. It's what I'm stepping into. I've saved that as my phone lock screen um, and, and my actual screen background as well. So that every time I pick up my phone, which as we've talked about is like 4,000 times a day, yeah. I see this representation of, I guess you could call her a warrior woman. She looks yeah. like a cross between she do you remember she <laughs> yeah um, yeah love cheetah yeah um <laughs> yeah and some kind of like i don't know goddess um but yeah she's holding up this sword aloft you know and there's like it's a really powerful image yeah and every time i see this i'm just i'm reminded of the strength that i know i have within me yeah and so when i you know so I can't really answer your question because again, it's, it's going back to the theme of our podcast today. I see that and it means something to me that I can't necessarily convey, but it evokes a feeling in me that yeah. makes me feel like a warrior yeah. um, and, and, you know, reminds me that that's what I want to step into in all different aspects of my life. So th- that would be my recommendation to anyone that's listening to this is find an image of a woman uh, preferably, you know, an, an artistic image rather than a, a real woman that, you know, you aren't. Unless you've got a great picture of yourself where you're like, yeah, fucking hell, that was a great picture and I felt brilliant. It's yeah. kind of like NLP, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah. And have that as your, your screensaver on your computer or your phone or print it and put it on your wall. I would do that if I, you know, had a printer here. Um, yeah. And just remind yourself that that encapsulates everything that you want to to feel and what you desire and all this kind of thing yeah, yeah that's that yeah. ever since I did that I found it yeah really easy to tap into that power and, and yeah and go for what I want yeah I think that's a really good um idea is to have it as an artistic impression rather than a photograph of someone because yeah. I know people that have put pictures like they get fitness models out of fitness magazines that's the body I want and you're like no but that's been airbrushed and yeah. she might be genetically blessed and yeah. probably is starving like <laughs> you know and dehydrated so hasn't slept for a month you yeah. know um so yeah. it's like people yeah you could be picking somebody that's completely not that I, you might look like Melissa McCarthy and want to look like Victoria Beckham. And it's like, that's never going to happen because she's yeah. short. Yeah. <laughs> she's exactly. not. <laughs> Do you know yeah. I mean? It's like, yeah. So having an, yeah. Arti- an artist impression that invokes a feeling rather than that's what I want to look like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think with, with that, what you're talking about specifically, yeah, that's, that's a good idea. I mean, there's nothing to say that you can't print, you know, cut out all those pictures and put them on a board and go, yeah, that encapsulates more or less what I'm aiming for. But, you know, rather than saying, I want to look like that, because, you know, I remember taking in a photograph of, you know, Shirley Manson from Garbage. Yeah. Do you remember the band Garbage? This yeah. is in the news, obviously. <laughs> and, you know, going into the hairdressers and going, I want that haircut. And she was like, mm, 
that's not going to work on you because you're not Shirley Manson. You don't look like that. Like she can carry that off, you know, you know, um, which was a fair point. So yeah, we can see images in magazines and, and it's, you know, we want to basically look like that rather than take on those qualities. Yeah. So it's a good yeah. distinction. Yeah. So Emma, thank you so much for well, your time you. today. And no, it's great. definitely been an absolute pleasure having stalked you on Facebook on social media <laughs> and then meeting you in real life and realizing that you are exactly the person that you come across as. Like you're mm. a genuine, honest, open Foxying, yeah, amazing human being. Thank you, thank you for letting me swear as well because it's definitely quite hard. To... I, I, this would have been a whole different conversation if you hadn't been able to swear. Yeah. At least I didn't say the c word, right? I, I actually refrained myself there. But that, I mean, that's a funny story, actually. Just to tell you, one time I was walking around the supermarket with my ex-husband. And I had said that word. I don't know why, you know, it was probably nothing that uh, important, but I had said it. And he said to me, he actually said to me, if you say that word one more time, I'm, I'm leaving you, I'm going to divorce you. And so that just prompted me to say it like three times, even louder in the supermarket. But, I mean, that, that says a lot about my personality. I don't like being told what to do. So yes. it makes me act the other way. And, you know, once you understand someone's psychology, then, you know. You know how to um, work yeah. with them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Rather yeah. than tell people, you know, don't do that because. Yeah. But then maybe that deep down is what I was actually looking for for you to make that step to break that situation yeah I would just like to say that I learned a lot from that marriage and you know I I thank my ex-husband for teaching me a lot about who I was and actually what I needed to step up into for my next marriage which is absolutely amazing Yeah. Yeah, yeah. anyway it sounds like your dad's phoning you again (laughs) are you going to be in at 10 (laughs) o'clock Yeah, I better go and phone him back before he has a heart yeah. attack trying to get <laughs> oh, Thanks very much, Jane. No, absolute pleasure. I will let you know when this is going live. Do that. Awesome. And that was the very inspirational and amazing Emma, as aka Miss Manifestation. And I'm really excited because this podcast is scheduled to go out on Monday, the 26th of February, which is my birthday. Emma's birthday is tomorrow the 27th so happy birthday Emma and that's us both 39 and we are on that countdown to 40 and both looking forward to it in different ways and both have our own personal missions of things that we want to do things we want to be by the time we get there which you can follow on our social media pages so I will put the links to them in the show notes and as always if you have loved this podcast if you can please jump onto iTunes and give us a five-star review just to help iTunes recognize that there's a good podcast and that it's worth sharing it's not for my ego in any way at all maybe a little bit otherwise have an awesome day and i will see you on the next podcast